You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. And this is Mickey. Welcome to our show, everybody. Um, We today is National Eat What You Want Day. Have you eaten anything today that you wanted that's out of the norm? Well, I feel like yesterday on Mother's Day, I literally ate everything. (laughs) And also today, because it was kind of all leftover. Um, We had, we ordered Papa Murphy's pizza. You can get it delivered right now. And we haven't done any delivery since quarantine started. And so we were like, that seems like it would be pretty safe because you cook it at Mm -hmm. home. Like, Mm -hmm. we're we're just paranoid about all that. And so we had that and we got, like, a lot so that we could have extras, we could have leftovers. So I had that today. And then also Quentin got me literally eight things of Peeps for (laughs) Mother's Day because they're my favorite candy. And I was – I didn't really get any at Easter because I wasn't going to the grocery store. And, like, um, the grocery delivery was totally sold out of them. So I was really bummed about it. So he found like birthday cake peeps, oh, cotton candy, pancakes, and syrup, root beer float. What? I've never even heard of those. I know. And birthday (gasps) cake anything is like literally my favorite thing in the whole world. And it was, oh my gosh. So I ate some some peeps today. Nice. Nice. Mike somehow managed to sneak into one of our online orders three little... Ben and Jerry's ice creams for me and had them hidden in the freezer and I didn't even find them. <laughs> so he like brought them out to me yesterday and I got to pick and he got like um, the the one I ate was like cho- uh, peanut butter, chocolate, um, cookie dough, brown- I don't know, brownie, some- all the things, Whoa. all the things. So I'm like so excited to have some more tonight, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> oh, it's a good day. Yeah. Did you, did you have a good Mother's Day? Yeah, we did. It was it was a lot different. Normally, we we've had this tradition for the past like I want to say four or five years now, where my family, like my mom, my sisters, my Grammy, and then Quentin's mom and sister, and then my sister Sam, her fiance's family, we all come together in Seattle and meet, and we like make breakfast for everybody, and we just like explore Seattle. And this was the first year we didn't get to do that, so. It was kind of sad, but we made the best of it being stuck at home. Um, my sister stopped by and said hello to us from her car, social distanced. And then we took a pizza out to my mom and social distanced hello to her and yeah, did some yard work. I drank rosé like all day. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, you know, it was as good as it can be. How about you? Yeah, same. Um, yeah, we... My in-laws brought lunch over and we, it's just so awkward, like social distance eating. Like we set up two canopies in our backyard, like spaced out and they like ate their lunch. We ate ours and like waved at each other from across the patio, but it was nice yeah. to have some human interaction, but just like also really sad. They're like, we want to hug and we want to not worry about wearing masks walking around the backyard and it's just not there yet. I know it's almost easier like we keep going back and forth it's almost easier to just not see the people because it's Mm -hmm. like I want to hug you so bad and Mm -hmm. like with Nora 
you know, for anybody who have little, little ones, I mean, it's hard with any kids, but, you know, with Nora's age, I can't even explain to her, like, you can't go over there. And so we haven't even done much like social distancing hangouts because it's just, I I don't think it'd be possible. So we've just like kept her in her car seat, like been in the car. And it's just like, I think it just makes it harder. No, I, I was thinking about you guys, too, because, yeah, she's so little. And anyone, like, it would be so hard to not be able to go hug her. Like, yeah. And she, yeah. yeah, she doesn't know either. So I totally don't blame you. We Yeah, we that was the first time we've seen people in a long time. Yeah. And no, it's that's awesome, um, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. But, um, but yeah, hard awkward, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Ha- ar- hard and awkward and just, mm-hmm. like, oh, I know you all can relate. So, yeah. Yeah, but I hope you guys all had good Mother's Days and, you know, got to just spend it with your kiddos and your partners and just relax and have some you time. Yeah, perfect excuse or reason to get breakfast in bed. You don't need anything for breakfast in bed. You don't have to go shopping. Nope. Nope. They. I I kind of wish I wouldn't have gotten breakfast in bed because they woke me up. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Yeah, could have let my breakfast wait out there for me. But, <laughs> but yeah, hope, hopefully you all felt the love and felt thought of. And now is another day. Yeah. <laughs> back to back to real life, not real life. Real people. mom, real mom life. Yeah. <laughs> the day off is over. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that can bring us into our highs and lows. And we'll get this episode started for you guys. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. So my high and low are kind of the same thing, I guess. So my high is a couple episodes ago, I'm sure you guys remember me talking about, you know, my six feet, telling people on the street six feet and um, how I was kind of, I kind of lost it on the lady in the car. Yeah. Um, So I've really been working on that. And the other day, Nora and I were doing our stroller strides workout. And so we've been kind of running around to different little open spaces around the neighborhood with her in the stroller. I'll post up there, do my station, and then we'll run to the next area. And so we were on the corner of, I mean, it's not a busy intersection at all. It's its literally the corner that goes into our neighborhood. Um, and this person comes walking by and I was like, hey, like we're already set up here. My workout's about to start. Would you mind just kind of moving over? just given us six feet and he was like yeah yeah sure no problem you have a baby like totally get it thank you so I was like okay that's good I'm working on this it's going good (laughs) a little while later in the middle of a workout this person comes whipping around the corner on their bike and they were in the middle of the road they weren't near us uncomfortably or anything and Nora I kid you not goes six feet (laughs) six feet and I was like oh my gosh like okay then the other day these people come by and she goes six feet bike lane and points to the bike lane like telling them to move to the bike lane and now that's like her favorite thing to say six feet bike lane (laughs) and it's so cute (laughs) it's so funny and adorable but it brings me to what kind of is my low which is it's a cool thing too but the realization of how much she is actually retaining of what I'm doing and saying and 
that was just kind of like a slap in the face of like reality. Like you are teaching her how to be a human. She, everything that you and your husband do are all she knows, especially right now Mm -hmm. on how to be a member of society and a person. Like every single thing that I'm doing, she's watching and learning, which I knew, but it's just like, lately she's had some kind of developmental jump where it's just really really coming through that this little girl like it will be days that she'll hear something and then all of a sudden we'll just start saying something that she heard me probably say a few days prior mm-hmm. and it's just like a lot of pressure yeah. like <laughs> like I don't want to mess this up like am I doing good enough am I good enough to be teaching you how to be a human like It's just, it was, it was a humbling, scary realization that I had. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you are more than good enough. You're doing a great job. That, yeah, that is super funny for like adorable. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, and right now is such an extra stressful time because I mean, my kids know coronavirus. They're like, they'll bring up things. Oh, is it because of the coronavirus? And I'm like, no, what are you even talking about? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's all anyone talks about. So of course they know. And today they made masks. (laughs) So I'm going to be sewing some masks for like for some family members. And um, so I got out fabric today and was like looking up the pattern on how to do it. And they cut out their own little mask. They're running around wearing masks. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, cute, but yeah, like what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Super weird. Oh, the world we're in. Yep. Um, Let's see. My highs and lows um, are pretty much. The same day, just Mother's Day, which we kind of already went over, but um, I got a KitchenAid mixer, which I'm so excited about and I've been wanting for years. And we just like, I couldn't justify buying that for myself when I'm like, I had a little hand mixer. It was no big deal. But um, I got one. I got to pick out my color and I got teal and it just made me feel very like, since we're stuck home anyways, it's nice to have something to make me excited to go in the kitchen and make some food, more food to eat. Cause that's what we all need right now too. But, um, <laughs> it was, it was not, like really sweet of my husband to do. So. And that also was like a real woman now, like I was trying to explain it to Quentin, <laughs> like, mm. no, like you don't get it. Like once you have a kitchen, like you're not a real woman until you have a kitchen aid. <laughs> that's like a rite of passage like you have the kitchen aid you're like I mean I don't have one (laughs) no but it is I know but it's it's not like it's not like getting a vacuum for Mother's Mm -hmm. Day it is like it's okay it's the appliance that you want and it's cute and that makes yeah totally different and yeah I'm feeling super excited about it Next, next I need to like make myself a little apron so when I'm baking I can like feel like little Susie homemaker and get match your mask the same yeah. pattern yeah. <laughs> right oh my god I totally could too um and then my low I, it's not any one specific one but just um the distancing in general and Mother's Day was the first like 
I mean, I guess Easter too. I don't know. Now it's like running together. How long have we been in our homes? Like a year now, it feels like. But another time where you're like, oh, everyone's so close yet so far. And normally we would have like got presents for our mothers and all spent time together as a family and just didn't do that. And it's just sad. But now we're like getting used to it, which is even more sad. More sad. Yeah. I know. I just was like thinking about how often think of this in your life how often have you said well there's always next time there's always next year mm-hmm. literally if you said that in 2019 jokes on us because yeah. there isn't <laughs> next year like oh this day sucked there's always you know we can always have that holiday again next year i mean it's just like i will never say that again because yeah. there might not be a next year like really <laughs> you yeah. might not get to you know that's yeah. bleak I know life's short anyways and luckily at least we're alive in our homes yeah yeah but yeah it's crazy we're now we're gonna be missing like an entire season Mm -hmm. in our house like all of spring we're gonna be in here crazy crazy to think about makes me feel thankful for my house (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know comfortable somewhere it could be a lot worse oh yeah yeah, so now that we're fully bummed everyone out, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about food. <laughs> so <still> with us, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure we've all, from everyone I've talked to, been just snacking the quarantine away. What else are you gonna do in your house? I mean, work out, I guess. You go like you've been doing a great job running and um, coping athletically which I need to learn how to do but um, (laughs) yeah today is national eat what you want day and as women I feel like even just talking about food even like bringing up that day made me really uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it can be such a touchy subject Mm -hmm. like bring a lot of positive and negative stuff for people so um we had a guest that we wanted to bring on today just to talk about this with us um Her name is Donica. She's a Seattle-based yoga instructor. She's also a model, a writer, and one badass feminist, and one of my great friends. Um, Welcome, Donica, to the show. Yay! Hey, Donica, welcome to the show. Hi! Oh, it's so good to hear from you. We are really excited about this episode. Um, We did a little brief introduction about you, but why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners about yourself? Absolutely. So my name is Donica Johnson, and I actually know Mickey from high school. Um, and I met Megan after after high school, obviously, when they became <laughs> friends. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to be here. I live in Seattle, and I'm a yoga instructor. Um, and on the side, do some modeling and freelance communication work. So um, my lifestyle is very movement based and I live alone here in Seattle with my dog General Gao who is my love my one and only and (laughs) my pride and joy (laughs) he's quite a handful um but yeah and uh I am 33 years old (laughs) woohoo um and then yeah a lot of um a lot of my yoga work actually translates into kind of Instagram work, Instagram influencer work, and you can find me on Instagram at D-A-N-I-C-A Yoga, Donica Yoga. Nice. So happy to be here. We're happy to have you. 
So, um, we were talking a little bit earlier. Today is um, National Eat What You Want Day. And so, we started talking about that's kind of a, a tricky day, you know, for a lot of people in general, not only women. Um, but we kind of shared, you know, we we had our little treats today or whatever. But um, it can be... It can bring up a lot of like positive and negative stuff. So we just thought it would be fun to have you here since you're such a like your body is a lot of your work through your like athletic coaching through modeling. So we're really excited to kind of scope all of the topics with you. So um, why don't you tell us um, what what got you started into teaching yoga? Yeah, absolutely. So um when I graduated from college, I moved to Washington, D.C., and um, it's really high-paced kind of lifestyle there. Um, I was working in politics in D.C., and I started to just, I started to deal with some really intense panic, um, and I started to get really bad panic attacks, and was actually ending up in, like, the ER from having panic attacks, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was crazy. It was like this and it, it was mostly, it correlated to getting a concussion. Um, and once I had this concussion, I kind of just realized my own mortality and started to have all these panicky feelings, which I think most people come to grips with at some point in their lives. Um, and I, this panic and this kind of like really deep seated anxiety was just controlling my life. And I started going to an alternative medicine doctor who introduced me to deep breathing, which seems like, you know, something that's obvious. It's like, Everybody knows that breathing helps calm you down, but mm-hmm. it's not until you really sit with like deep breath that you start and like really connect with how it can change like your, the vibration of your body and, and your mental state that it just made such a huge difference in my panic. And from there, I started to get more interested in like alternative medicine and, and yoga. And I took my first, uh, I had taken a yoga class here and there in high school, but I wasn't serious about it. I was kind of like giggling the whole time. And, um, so I took my first real yoga class, um, at 24 and I was, I really liked it. I had, I had actually been going through a really interesting period because along with this kind of panic and, and crazy stuff going on in my life, I'd also gone through a really big breakup and I gained like 30 pounds or like 25 pounds in a really short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so it was, and it was really due to emotional eating. Um, so kind of really does actually play into the theme for today. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, so I, I'd always had a kind of, uh, in kind of difficult relationship with my body. I was, uh, anorexic in high school at the end of high school. I had like pretty severe anorexia and that carried through college and I started to get better. And then, this after college period, I went the opposite direction and started like emotional eating and binge eating and gained like 25, 30 pounds in a really short amount of time. And so yoga was really what brought me back to my body. Um, at yoga and like deep breathing really brought me back to a place where I could feel more connected to this body that I'd kind of put through a lot of hard things mm-hmm. and really like hadn't been treating well. And so, so yoga was just a beautiful way for me to reconnect with this physical form that I'm in and, and also to calm my mind. And I just started practicing, like, you know, at first it was once a week, then it was twice, then it just multiplied and continued until I eventually, um, was 
really like loved it so much. I decided to study it deeper and become a teacher. That's awesome. It's been really fun to watch your journey on Instagram and just kind of, you know, I think I was seeing your post from when you very first started even doing the yoga and just like how much you've evolved and your body has evolved so much. I mean, it's, it's physically obvious. I mean, you look great. <laughs> and so it's really cool to see how dedicated you are and how that can all kind of come to be just with this mental shift. Um, and so, you know, you've mentioned a little bit of your past relationship with food and body image, but what would you say, I mean, you, you got into yoga, you started feeling better mentally and physically, but what would you say mostly impacted that relationship that you felt between food and just with your body image in general? Yeah, well, I mean, I think in our world and for many years previous to today, our attitudes about food are so impacted by society and media and it's I think it's I think it's troublesome for everybody but especially hard for a lot of times for young women we get really mixed messages about like oh you should eat like the boys you should eat like just as much as them don't be a wuss don't only eat salad but then it's also like you should only eat healthy because you need to stay slim and trim and have this perfect body, mm -hmm. all, you know? So, so there's a lot of mixed messages um, and really damaging messages that I received as a teenager and beyond. And um, I think it was, for me, I think it was going through that, that those years of kind of like self-starvation and then switching the, like switching into kind of just binging and really eating more than my body wanted and putting on weight that wasn't necessarily healthy for my particular frame um, and kind of that flip-flop back and forth then coming back to equilibrium and just discovering how movement could make my body feel and I think that that like it, it was kind of like I had to swing in both directions to come back to the middle mm -hmm. and really feel like myself again um, so I can't of course there's not like one thing that I can pinpoint but I think that as I grew older and matured and came to love myself better this all ties back to self-love of course like mm -hmm. I felt like I loved myself more I knew that I couldn't I could no longer starve myself and I could also didn't need to use my like I didn't need to use food as a way to like deal with my feelings and I could actually deal with those in a healthier way which was yoga, which was meditation, which was spending time with loved ones, getting outside and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's been a long process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it come, when you get your mind right, I mean, think of how much of it is emotional and mental. There's this vicious cycle when it comes to especially the kind of binge eating or emotional eating and having just that really uncomfortable relationship with food. You'll, you know, end up hiding it, binging, feeling guilty, and then eating more because you feel guilty, and then maybe going and starving yourself for who knows how long or work out excessively. And then, you know, you go right back to that cycle where you feel bad, you hide it, you eat more because you feel bad, and it, it keeps going and keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was in college, I was trying to come out of the stage of self-starvation, but I was still in such a difficult place where I would get up like before my roommates were awake, go work out for hours, 
and I would barely eat anything all day because I was like, okay, I'm eating now, but I'm, but I would eat like such specific and small quantities. It's like one Luna bar, one apple, one orange, and then like a snack pack. And then I'd have a salad for dinner. That was all I ate the whole day, but I was working out for hours. It was super Mm -hmm. unhealthy. And what it actually caused was me at night to like kind of go crazy and just like binge eat whatever I could find. Like Mm -hmm. literally if my roommate had stuff lying around, I'd just like take it and eat it. Like I, it was a horribly like not healthy cycle. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, that, that, that process of like eating in a way that was furtive and secretive, um, was, and so emotionally driven was something that I dealt with for years. And, and I didn't even really realize I was doing it until much later when I looked back and realized that now I eat when I'm hungry Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I eat when I'm not hungry, too. Um, like, if I am just sitting watching a movie and I'm like, hey, you know, I want some chocolate right now. I'm not hungry, but I want some chocolate right now. I'll eat that chocolate. Mm-hmm. But it's more of, like, a mindful process of of eating things that feel good. And, and of course, I still eat stuff sometimes and, like, I'm like, oh man, I wish I hadn't eaten that. Like I still sometimes eat sure, yeah. more than I wanted to, or, or I like, just like, I'm kind of like not consciously stuffing my face. So <laughs> it happens. Like it's nobody is ever, I don't think anybody's ever going to always eat exactly what is, you know, like the right thing for their body. But I do work really hard now to be mindful about it. I think that's like one of the biggest changes is, is the mindfulness practice around eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the biggest changes that I've seen and like I've known you since, yeah, like eighth grade um, is not just, I mean, your body transformation is you're gorgeous, look amazing, but like that's cosmetic. You're so much more than that. But now you radiate like such a confidence and happiness and seeing all of your like modeling stuff, your yoga stuff is just so empowering like, I am, I just am so genuinely, like, happy for you. You can just tell that, like, you have come out the other side, like, a much better, happier, whole person, for sure. That means so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. I I do feel, like, people are, I, I know a lot of people in their 20s who I see still, like, struggling so much, and I'm like, just wait, your 30s are better. Like, <laughs> You have to go through like there's a really kind of cheesy but so like meaningful yogic saying that's like no no mud no lotus so it's essentially like a lotus flower comes out of the mud it's mm-hmm. born out of like the mud so it's saying like you have to go through the dark and the murky and the dirty stuff and the hard stuff in order to get that beautiful lotus flower and so in order to like blossom into who you are and for most of us I think that's the truth I I think most people have to go through some some challenging stuff in their lives in order to like learn who they really are. Or at least that was my process. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, your twenties are a messy, messy time. Like I feel like you become 10 different people in that decade, just trying to figure out who you are. And then when you come out on the other end of it, you're probably nothing like any of those 10 different people you became in your (laughs) twenties. I mean, it's, it's definitely a crazy time to figure out who you are and, you know, come out of it on the other end it is and I'll also say that like I feel incredibly grateful that I was able to get help and have support from friends and family to come through 
anorexia because I don't want to make light of it at all. It's a very, very serious mental illness and that also it impacts you physically. And I feel incredibly lucky and also proud of myself for doing the work that I did to get through that. So mm. I'm, I, you know, maybe we can include some sort of like helpline on the podcast for people yeah. who are struggling with eating disorders because they are just, you know, really life de devastating. And I mean, I feel like, you know, I just feel so grateful and blessed that I was able to get through that and it wouldn't have happened without support. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and a lot of people think that an eating disorder has to be, I'm anorexic or I'm bulimic or, you know, put yourself in this box of one thing, but there's such thing as just simply disordered eating as well, which doesn't put you into any of those boxes. And you, you don't have to compare your disordered eating to other people's disorders. I mean, if you feel like you have some kind of struggle with food, chances are you probably do. And it, it's worth looking into and trying to get that help because food shouldn't be this guilty, uncomfortable judgmental feeling thing to talk about. I mean, it, it just really shouldn't. And so I think just trying to find a way to have that healthy outlook of it in your own mind, make sure that you don't have any kind of disordered eating. And if you do try to get that help and just kind of change the stigma around food. I mean, think of when you're a kid. I specifically remember my parents and my grandparents like, oh, she's such a good eater. Oh, clean your plate, eat everything off your plate. And that, you know, when did that turn into, oh, I'm just going to have a little bite here and a little bite there. And, you know, when did that change and why does it have to? And so there's, there's just so, so much around it. So make sure if you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable with this topic to kind of dig into yourself and see if there might be an issue that you can get help with. Yeah. So. I mean, and my whole family has... Like, I feel like my family has the myriad of all eating disorders. Like, people in my family have struggled with with bulimia, with binge eating, with just, like, food obsession, with orthorexia, which is, like, a propensity to exercise to an unhealthy amount. And so I've witnessed all these different versions of it. And it can be extreme. It can be small. It can be devastating to your life. You know, it can cause serious health issues in so many different capacities. And so it's a real issue that it doesn't, I think it's not, I think it's not like paid that much attention to mm. at least compared to other mental illnesses. Um, and all I know is that from experiencing it myself, for me, when I was like deep in anorexia, I didn't really feel like I was living. Like I kind of felt like a corpse walking around because you're so focused only on this, like, you're so focused on not eating for at least for my, in my situation, like I was so focused on not eating, but my only thoughts were, were food because mm -hmm. I was starving. And it's like that, you know, it's just a very, it's a very serious, uh, it's a very serious topic. And I think that people, I think the more awareness will come out and there are like more tools for people now. And that's a really good thing. But I like, I think it's important to let people know that it, if they're struggling with it, there are resources and they're not alone. And a very large quantity of people in the U S and beyond struggle with these things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. yeah. And if you're looking for help and I mean, like you said, it's kind of often overlooked with other mental illnesses. Um, I have a little 
funny, not funny story. Um, I was going to counseling for a while for like depression and um, I brought up because I definitely have some disordered eating habits for sure that I haven't got to yet, but I brought it up to her um, trying to like, okay, maybe we can start working on that since I feel like we've covered a lot of other things in life and um, she straight up told me, she's like, well, I'm not an expert in that, but you know, maybe just, maybe just watch your carbs. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yeah, you know, like if, you know, like if you go to McDonald's, just maybe get a burger with no bun instead, or, you know, maybe just like, just don't buy the cookies to have in your house. And I was just sitting there listening to her mortified, just like, one, I'm paying you to sit and talk to me about this. And you, like, it was just such, like, toxic feedback. I'm like, that is not, luckily, I'm, like, aware enough of myself and, like, know some psychology, like, just to know that what she was telling me was not right at all. So if you reach out and you feel like you're not getting the right help, maybe find someone. There's so many people that specialize in those kind of issues and just keep looking until you find the right fit and don't if it doesn't feel right don't listen to it gosh that's ridiculous and and it's like it's actually sadly more common than you might expect because I also once had a therapist where I had told her I was talking to her about like other issues but I also had told her how I'd struggled with my with body image and with like an eating disorder and her reaction was get up let me look at your body and then she had me spin around and then she was like well I think you have I think you have a pretty good body and like I mean you kind of have the Michelle Obama arms thing going on so I don't know what you're complaining about wow oh wow (laughs) yeah so oh my gosh I mean (laughs) wow (laughs) the thing is is people who are struggling with this a lot of times also have what's called body dysmorphia where you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing something completely different than what everyone around you sees so your therapist telling you you have a good body and Michelle Obama arms is not what you're seeing in the mirror right so I mean that's not even okay to say but it's just anybody who's giving you a compliment or telling you how good you look you're not hearing that because you're not seeing that Um, I think definitely for me, body dysmorphia is something that I have struggled with probably most of my life now that I think back on it. And just, it's, it's a really tricky thing, just kind of having that body image and seeing something completely different in the mirror than the feedback that you're getting from everybody around you. And that can probably drive a lot of disordered eating and eating disorders for people. Yeah. And also losing weight, being thin or like having a like quote unquote nice figure is not necessarily a sign of health by any means. So I actually don't compliment people on weight loss or on, or tell them they look skinny or anything like that anymore. Like even if I see somebody who is going through a dramatic like weight loss or body change, like I'm very, very, very careful about the way I address that with them because I know that when I was in her, like getting like at first people were all like, oh my God, you look so good. Oh my God, you're so skinny. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And it fed into my feelings of now I'm more worthy because my body looks a certain way. And 
And there's just so many, you know, there's so many reasons why people lose weight. We don't really know what's going on. And it could be depression or it could be they're sick mm-hmm. or, you know, there's just, they could be going through a breakup and, and it just, there's just so many different reasons. And so I, I think it's so careful. Like our language is, is really important when we see somebody who's going through like a body transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, there's several, we can get into comparing. I mean, that could be a whole nother a whole nother episode body comparing, but I'm five foot 11. I have like a larger frame. I'm never going to be like this super skinny girl, but I have, there's been times in my life where I've been overweight. There's been times in my life where I've been extremely fit, but I've never been extremely skinny. And I, I find myself always comparing and it's like at my healthiest, you know, I can run half marathons. I can do all of these super athletic things, but I still find myself looking at that girl next to me who has like, in my eyes, this perfect figure. Chances are I'm just as healthy, if not healthier than she is with what I'm doing with my activity or, you know, with what I'm doing with my nutrition, but that my body is just a certain way and it's never going to look the way that I'm, you know, with the people I'm comparing it to. And it's just, that's, that's a tricky thing. And so, you know, I think like you said, language is really important because I mean, it it can be really hurtful and uncomfortable, certain words that are used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have found it to be very refreshing. The, I feel like there's starting to be finally like a shift in society at least like I think social media probably I know does a ton of harm but I feel like if you look for it there's also a lot of good like I follow a lot of um body positive um accounts that celebrate people of all sizes and it has been so comforting to see so many more images out there of women in a more of a diverse figure I would mm-hmm. say, yeah, which is amazing, like amazing. I never, you didn't, I didn't really think growing up, you don't really realize that you're looking at like the same image over and over and what mm-hmm. you expect that you're going to grow up to look like as a little girl. And um, now seeing such a wide variety is so refreshing, especially having a daughter. Like I really, really try to watch the way that I talk with her about her body like I'm very fortunate that that my mom has always been very like supporting no matter what size I am and doesn't even it's not even like on her radar she is really um really good about that but yeah even at six years old just I'm trying so hard to keep her like we don't need to comment on people's bodies their bodies Mm -hmm. don't matter like okay yeah let's eat some things that are good for you and fuel your body and and just really try to like get away from some of those really hurtful typical like conversations that we grew up listening to or even hearing um like I'm very conscious and Norris my daughter's so little right now but I'm just very conscious to I want to make sure that I'm not never saying like oh I'm so fat or I'm so ugly or oh I don't like this or that about myself because I just don't want her to ever feel that way and so to Mickey's point just kind of the shift in society and 
women, you know, being more proud of their bodies instead of being apologetic, watching that kind of explode is just a really, it is a really refreshing feeling. Absolutely. There are so many great role models now that talk about their bodies in such a positive way where it's just, yeah, it's just magical. And I, I love that for both of your daughters. That's so, that's really <laughs> And I think it's important for little boys too, because body dysmorphia and, mm-hmm. and so like eating disorders on boys are totally on the rise, especially with social media culture, which is so much of a comparison game and like kind of this expectation that everybody should look perfect all the time. Right. Yep. <laughs> so I love, um, you're doing incredible stuff with your yoga career. What about modeling? Because that is so exciting for you. How did you get started in that? Yeah. Um, well, I have always been like a big ham. Like I remember <laughs> back in like high school, I remembered I used to like get together with friends and we would just like put up, try on clothes and take pictures. Like we would just like have a ball just taking pictures and posing. And so I've always liked doing that kind of stuff. And I actually remember freshman year at UCLA, I was still like I was very, very thin. So I was just like kind of coming out of my disordered eating stage, but still pretty much in it. And I got scouted by a modeling agency in LA and they had me come down to um, their office and they were like in, you know, downtown LA, big fancy office. And they're like, you know, we really like your look. You're a little short for a model, but we're going to make it work. Um, And they're like, but you need to lose 15 pounds. And I mean, I, I probably weighed 20 pounds less than I do now at the very least. And so, and I remember even at that time and still being with the disordered eating, I was like, this is not healthy. This is not good. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I'm really, see that. yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I didn't go down that path at that time. Cause I don't think I was ready to have that type of like criticism over my body or to be in that, t- that intense of a modeling kind of situation. And at this point in my life, I have embraced my body so much more and I'm proud of all of the physical work that I put in because my yoga asana practice and weightlifting and running and all the fun stuff that I do, like I I do feel proud of the results of it. And I do like, I, I try to think of my body as like, you know, this like temple of like the work that I've put in and invested in it. And like the results are health and also I the aesthetic thing does make me happy and I don't want to feel ashamed of that either you know um so so yeah I just like I I just have always loved being in front of the camera so I just started to do it more and more and I I somehow just started meeting photographers and I have to say I've had a wonderful experience with the photographers that I work with I'm like very very cautious and careful and any like young girl who's getting into modeling should be very aware that there are a lot of creepy photographers out there and you you like really have to be cautious and smart about who you you choose to shoot with um I mean it's just going to serve you better because I have felt so great with the photographers that I've worked with um and it's been cool like I've gotten to work with some really cool companies like modeling their clothing and I've gotten to do some traveling for it and um I've Overall, I've really, really enjoyed it. I, um, I will say, like, I think for me, the comparison aspect can be a challenge mm-hmm. because sometimes I, 
you know, can get into a hole of like looking at other models on Instagram and seeing just these, these bodies that are, you know, I don't know, quote unquote, more perfect or like more what the aesthetic ideal of today is, which is that like tiny, tiny waist and a huge butt. And like, you know, just like these things that are, they're achievable for some people and they're not necessarily achievable for other people. Um, so I think that even despite being proud of my body and loving my body, I can still fall into a comparison game of thinking, oh my gosh, I need to do more of this. I need to like, I need to make my stomach flatter, blah, blah, blah. And so th there can be negative moments as well, for sure. Um, but I, I try really hard to stay in the positive and to stay working with people that I feel are, you know, photographers who are great artists who are looking for just creating beautiful images. And that part I enjoy a lot. That was yeah. kind of but hopefully that sort of made sense. <laughs> yeah. No, it totally did. It totally did. Go ahead, Mickey. Oh, um, so with your, you have a, a big social media presence with your modeling and yoga um, has, I'm sure, I'm sure that's kind of a mixed bag there <laughs> of, <laughs> of good and bad. Um, have you gotten, I know you, I'm sure you have, but uh, what kind of negative feedback have you gotten from that? Yeah, so it's so interesting, the negative feedback. And I think that when I first started gaining more like followers and notoriety on um, social media, it affected me more than it does now. But I would say like that the, the most feedback that I get is from people saying, why do you need to show your body? Why, why are you like, why are you wearing a thong bikini? Why, you know, why do you have to show much, so much skin? you should just be thinking about yoga and you shouldn't be showing anything. And I mean, I've, I try to be pretty, I try to be pretty like calm in response to that because for me, it's about the fact that every person has their own path and every person has what they're comfortable with. And I feel like if another person doesn't feel comfortable posing in a bikini, that's totally okay makes total sense and I respect their view and all I ask in return is respect of how I feel and what I feel comfortable with I'm a Scorpio I'm kind of can be a crazy lady uh, I like to go out and dance until dawn sometimes and like I have a very like sensual side of me that I enjoy sharing through modeling and um and so I feel and I feel confident and good about doing that and I I think that you know it is unfortunate to me when I see people and sometimes it's men and sometimes it's women too saying oh my gosh you're slutty or like you know you shouldn't be showing this much like you know you're this is shameful and and I just have to say, you know, feel free to unfollow me, feel free to, you know, block me if you need to, whatever you need to do to feel comfortable. But this is my body. And this is what I feel comfortable with. And I'm going to continue being who I am, because I know that the things that I'm doing, like it's, I'm not doing something that is hurtful to another. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like as long as I'm living in like the truth of what makes me feel confident and good about myself and it's in no way like hurting somebody else I, I feel good about it and I, I'm gonna keep doing it but yeah like sometimes I have gotten some crazy hateful messages from people and um and and those can 
I'm a sensitive person, so they still hurt sometimes. Yeah. I like that you use the word shameful. I don't like that you're feeling that, but I think that is such a powerful word to describe a lot of what women are facing when they show their bodies. Um, You know, just not even with modeling, I mean, just in everyday life. When you look at a woman who has huge boobs, right? I mean, you're uncomfortable if you wear a low cut shirt people are going to be looking at you you can feel shame if you have long legs or a big butt and you wear something that is too short you can subconsciously or very apparently feel that shame and uncomfortable there's so many things that come back to womanhood in general that cause shame periods eating body image I mean all of these things that are just shame, shame, shame. And I think if we can kind of break that mold of feeling shame and start normalizing these things about our bodies, instead of just having our bodies be sexualized and become this uncomfortable thing for people to look at, then things are going to be a lot easier for all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Shame and feeling, feeling guilt or feeling shame around my body or my sexuality is, is something that I struggle with constantly and still to this day go to therapy for because it is like a constant work in progress um and and you're so right that people like will shame you no matter what you're wearing because Mm -hmm. I think it was so funny and I shared this on Instagram but I usually get shamed for showing too much but then I had this guy that was shaming me the other day because I had a grandma cut bathing suit on in a picture and he wrote this whole thing saying how I looked so unattractive in a grandma cut swimsuit that it was shameful to a yoga studio that I was representing them wearing an ugly bathing suit and he was like go back to thongs like what's wrong with you this is just disgusting and I'm like what are you talking about like oh it's like when when did it become okay for other people to just voice their opinions on our bodies like why why does his say matter you know it's your body you're doing what you want to with it and if like you were saying before whatever you're comfortable with why, I mean, why even comment? Yeah. I think that when people make those types of comments, there's like a deep-seated pain in themselves that they're not maybe willing to deal with or confront. And so they find ways to take it out. And and to them, it feels like, oh, I'm upset by what this person's wearing or, or the way their body looks. So I'm going to try and shame them to make myself feel better. But they're, they're mostly like just hurting inside. And I try to have compassion for those people. Sometimes I fail at the compassion because I just get so angry, depending on how heinous the comments are. But (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, but I try to have compassion because I, I know that a lot of the people that make those types of comments are hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really sweet of you. <laughs> yeah, you, that would be really hard. <laughs> you handle a lot. Of, I mean, I read all of your stuff, of course. <laughs> like friends talking. You handle so many of those comments with such grace. Like you, I power to you because yeah, I can't. I can't even imagine. I don't understand the whole like internet troll persona like (laughs) how you could say 
some of the things that people say to each to each other on there. Like, would you would they say that to your face if they saw you? Some people might. Yeah. Most of them, I don't think would. I just don't know how they go to bed at night feeling okay with just being hateful for, for I mean, their own reasons, I guess. But so you've had some negative, like shameful commenting. How about? like over sexualization because a lot of your I mean a lot of your photos are super sensual like you said and you have a really like sexy side but I mean have you had people just completely go creepy on you I'm sure (laughs) yeah oh my god I mean I like the like I've said in my post before hopefully it's okay to say it on here but like the number of unsolicited dick pics I get is just ridiculous and I find it very disrespectful when men send me pictures of their penises because I don't want to see that (laughs) at all (laughs) it's like wow um yeah, I mean, I, and and sometimes I become very upset. Like, sometimes it really gets to me when I get some, like, super nasty message that just says something that I don't even want to repeat on here. Um, I, you know, sometimes sometimes I get messages and I, I feel not like a human. Like, I honestly feel like I'm not even, like, these people don't even consider, consider me a human being. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be too graphic, but it's just like, I feel like they think of me as like a sex toy. And that to me is unfortunate and makes me mad and sometimes makes me sad because I am a strong person and I can see past that. But sometimes it just gets to me. And there have been moments where I felt like I just want to delete social media. Like I just want to get off of this platform because I mean, just like, you know, when I'm leading an Instagram live yoga class and most of the comments are guys sending like tongue and drip emojis or saying like, I'm doing leading meditation and they're like, open your eyes, sweetheart. Like I have something for you, blah, blah, blah. Sending a bunch of eggplant emojis. It's like so disgusting. And just like, like it just makes me feel like why like, I know that they are just trolling and that they're just living by the screen and that probably in person they wouldn't say those things. And that just makes me feel like how much cowardice they're living with to feel like this is okay. And, you know, I am a real living, breathing person who has feelings and who hopes to someday, like, be in a, you know, currently I am single, but hopes to someday be in a loving relationship with a man who respects me and, and would never do those types of things. And so sometimes it can feel a little hopeless when I'm getting those kind of comments every day, day in and day out. And I mean, you know, like the messages, like the DMs in the message requests that I get, like there's thousands of them in there, like just thousands of disgusting things that I, I just ignore them, but I still read them because they come right. and it's just like, Oh my God, it can, it can wear on you. Now, I'm going to preface this with I strongly, strongly disagree with this mindset and outlook, but I feel like it's important to address because there are a large majority of people out there that would say, well, if you don't want that kind of attention, why are you putting yourself out there like that? 
if you want that to stop, stop doing that. What do you, what would you say to those people? Yeah. I mean, that is, it's a super, super common, um, it's a super common way for people to think. And I, again, try to like come from a place of compassion when I speak to them. Um, I think that women like we talked about already are so shamed for having a sexual side. I mean, I think it's like a Madonna horror complex. It's like we're expected to be like super perfect and, you know, beautiful and sexy and amazing, but we're also expected to be like a virginal Madonna. Mm -hmm. There's like this crazy contrast of what society expects of us as women. And, um, I think that that comes from a misguided place of wanting women to be not sexual. And, um, and that just isn't the case. Like, and again, I think it comes down to what, what each individual is comfortable with. Um, and, but I, but I, it's, it's a hard one for me because I'm like, I fully agree that I don't agree with that statement at all. And then I don't correct. Um, I think that I should be able to express like my sensuality and like the beauty of my body in a way that to me is art. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that doesn't give people the right to feel like they can say disgusting things to me. Um, I think I'm a realist and I recognize that it's going to happen because of the content that I put out there. Um, it would still happen even if I was wearing full on yoga outfits in every single post, it would still happen. It would happen to a slightly lesser extent. Yes. And to me, if I were to just erase this aspect of my personality and kind of conform to what those people want me to, to do, it would feel like I was erasing part of myself and I wasn't being true to who I really am. And it would, it wouldn't feel right for me. So I choose to continue to, you know, express myself in the way that I do, knowing that I'm going to get a lot of nasty messages and not feeling happy about that, but just accepting that that's the reality, sadly. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't live in a society in this time where people are have enough kindness in their hearts to not do that, it seems like. So, yeah, yeah. That, yeah beautifully said. I mean... It's just kind of like one of those things. If you don't like it, don't look at it. Like, this is me. I'm being myself. I'm expressing myself. Like, people, we're human beings. In 2020, we have the right to express ourselves, our bodies, in whatever manner we want to. I mean, that is just the right that we have in this day and age. And it's interesting how you said, you know, women are supposed to be this non-sexual thing but also in so many parts of society women are also supposed to be these this extremely sexual thing and so there's just like this fine line of oh you have to be sexy but not too sexual and if you are then we're gonna come after you but if you're not sexy I mean it's just talking like what you're saying about the post about your grandma bikini I mean it's just I feel like women and our bodies literally can never do anything right But the key word there is our bodies. And at the end of the day, whatever you want to do with your body is right. Yeah. Mic drop. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. And, and I think, and I don't know, this is maybe a controversial thing to say, but I think that 
most women or a lot of women, including myself, have internalized a lot of misogyny and a lot of shame and hatred towards our own selves and towards other women. And so a lot of the negative comments that I see coming from women, I know that it's based on this deeply held like feeling of, you know, not being worthy or not being good enough because we are women, because we've been taught that for so many decades and like centuries and eons and whatnot. Um, and so I think that like, that internalized misogyny, it also extends, it extends to our sexuality, but it extends to like our bodies and so many other things. And it's something that we're going to have to collectively work on to, to remedy. And it's not easy to remedy, I don't think, because we've all learned it for so long. Yeah. I, I read something once and this is, this is going to get a little out there too, but, um, the basically like we as women are so consumed with all of the like beauty standards, body standards, all this shame, sexuality, all of this stuff. And it's like definitely stifling us as a gender. And it's like a way for like for the patriarchy to keep us distracted and more focused on that than being able to focus our energy elsewhere on like, change or you know more I mean I say important but they're all important things to us but you know as a way of definitely keeping us distracted and um submissive I guess I I don't think that's radical at all I think it's I think it's I think like literally I think the patriarchy has taught us that we shouldn't say things like that because then we're going to be termed (laughs) as psycho feminist which I mean I consider myself a very strong feminist but when I first used to say that to people, they'd be like, oh, my God, you're a feminist? What? I, but, but you're so pretty. How can you be a feminist? I thought they were just crazy lesbians. Like, this is literally what people said to me. Wow. <laughs> Which also, I, like, I'm like, okay, so there's so many things wrong with that. Like, right. I'm not even going to get into yeah. it. <laughs> so many wrong things with those statements. But, but yeah, like, I, it's absolutely true, I think, that a lot of these things have been put in place to make us feel like we're not enough and that we need to continuously focus on this outward appearance. And that does distract from the rest of our lives. Because if you're like, you know, what should I do today? Should I like, can I, should I work on this like paper that I'm writing or, oh man, but I really need to go get wax. And that's, I guess, more important because I'm going to be in a bikini tomorrow. So I guess I'll skip my paper and go get wax. And there's nothing wrong with getting wax, but the way, like the way that it becomes like this panicked, like, oh my gosh, if I'm not perfect, if I'm not looking the way I'm supposed to be looking, then, then I'm going to be in trouble. And that's more important than the other things in my life. Like that can happen. And I think it's happened to every woman at some point or another. Yeah, absolutely. I I wonder if this whole quarantine thing is going to be just kind of like this big rush of change for women realizing like, I don't need to get my hair done. I don't need to get my nails done. I don't need my wax. I don't need my tan. I mean, we literally haven't been able to do any of this self-care that we have to do. And when we get out of this, is is there going to be a shift on that? That would be pretty cool. I mean... I'm praying for that. Oh, man. If I can come out of this with my, like, gray hair, hairy legs, I'm like, why are we wearing bras again? Can someone please explain this to me? Because they suck. 
Oh, man. I really, I honestly, truly hope that we can find a little bit of liberation through this, for sure. Because, I mean, it's a nice forced pause for everyone. It's like a forced timeout, a perfect time to, like, reshift. And then when we reboot, maybe we can come out a little different on the other side. I hope so, because I'm ready to, like feel like a trendsetter with these grays going on so <laughs> yeah I think that that's a good point that I hadn't I mean I've definitely thought about the fact that I haven't been able to get like any of my beauty services done and like all my fake eyelashes fell out so mm-hmm. now I have eyelashes because like the original ones are like all stubby because of the, <laughs> and I'm just like oh my god this is insane but yeah it's, it's made me it has made me think about like the things that we do that we that aren't necessary. Mm-hmm. That there's nothing wrong with doing beauty things that, you know, make you feel good. But I think it's like when it becomes something that feels like so much necessity, like we're not beautiful or we're not important. We're not special without those things. That's when it gets to be a really unhealthy and bad thing. And, yeah. and, I, and like, also you see like so many young girls nowadays, like even getting like fillers in their lips and Botox and like, and I, I don't, I don't ever want to judge somebody else's journey or like even judge their decision to have like plastic surgery or, or anything like that. Cause it's not my place to judge in any way. But I know that a lot of people have got, get things done because they feel societal pressure, not because it's like truly in their hearts calling to do so. Exactly. It's, there's a big difference on if you want to do something because it makes you feel good or if you feel like you have to do it because it makes other people look at you how... Yeah. You know, you feel like they should. I I used to be, like, extensions, fake eyelashes, like, tan. And for me, motherhood was – and it could be age, too, honestly. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 33 this year. And I still really like to put myself together and, you know, do things that make me feel good. But I, I found that I dropped a lot of these, like, necessities that I had to do to make myself beautiful – so many air quotes going on over here that you guys can't see when you're listening. But I mean, there just has to become, there has to come a shift. And even like with my body, you know, and, and some of the clothes that I wear, I just, between motherhood and age, I just care a whole lot less about what other people think about me. And it's a really, it's a really good feeling. Totally. I mean, I have not been blessed with a human child at this time. I only have a fur child, but, um, but I can see how, I mean, when you have the perspective of having another human to care for in your life, how a lot of these things would just not feel that important because in reality, they're not like me not having fake eyelashes right now, not that important, you know, like, okay, not that big a deal. Like there's just, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I definitely think it's age too, though. I mean, like we were saying, in your 20s, you're yeah. just, I mean, and and how you're saying with younger kids getting the Botox and the, I mean, I hate to say kids, but it literally is kids getting these injections and, and all of that. And it's just, ugh, yeah, it's just you're trying to figure it out and you're feeling all of this pressure of what you should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that having these types of conversations more and more like woman to woman is so vital and important because we don't spend a lot of time talking about it. I mean, that's why I like posted a like few months ago, like 
a picture where I posted like the original picture of me like totally naked sitting on a log you guys maybe saw it and then I posted this it again where I had like used Photoshop to make myself skinnier mm-hmm. and make fat bigger and I was like just like take a moment and look at how easy this took like 20 seconds for me to c- turn myself into this like ideal IG perfect like Barbie body mm-hmm. um and there's nothing wrong with people who do have that body and I'm not even criticizing people for editing their photos because part of like modeling and part of like there's retouching on almost every single photo that you see that's like a modeling photo. I'm not saying it's bad to do that. I'm saying it's so crucial to be aware that not everything you see is like actually the reality of what's there. And that there's like people are, you know, it's just like, it's so like to not become so obsessed with this idea of perfection or like longing after what you see in another person, because it's just so easy to, to, for things to be falsified. And like, like stars like most of the things we see in the magazines and like the bodies that we see with these like really famous people like they have been so heavily edited and they have so much makeup and work done and and it's not to criticize them at all it's just that we should be aware and knowledgeable that like there is no such thing as like perfection everybody has these imperfections and everybody has their own unique body that is that is completely their own and and the perfection that we seem to see on the internet is just not real. Yep. And like you said, that's okay. I mean, humans like to see pretty things. Like people love to see curated, beautiful, edited, even if we know it's edited, it's just having that mindset of knowing this all isn't real. It's okay to have the fake hair and the fake eyelashes and the tan. If that's making you feel good, it's okay to edit your photos. Just keeping a level realistic head about the fact that not everything you see is real. Yeah. Yeah. And like that said, like I really try to not edit my photos because I don't want to perpetuate standards that are like, I mean, of course, like I'm not saying there's no editing done, but I I don't do the thing where you like, you know, make your waist tiny or do this or do that. I try not to do that because I feel like it's not helpful to anybody and it feels like I'm hurting my own self by creating something that's not real, that's not me. And I, like sometimes I look at a photo and I don't like the way I look and that's okay, you know? My body is just my body and it's a beautiful body and it's imperfect. Well said. Thank you so much for getting vulnerable with us and talking about these issues. I know they're not easy to do, and I appreciate your openness and keeping it real with us, for sure. Um, Along the lines of keeping it real, we always like to have a little hot mess moment um, towards the end of our episodes. Do you have a hot mess moment that you'd like to share? Yes, I do. So, yes, my hot mess moment is that okay so like uh, this happened this winter and I just think it's like really funny I love to whenever something really ridiculous happens to me I love to laugh at myself but um I like was going I was like running to a yoga class and I was late 
and I put on my like little shorts that I wear to, te to teach and to take yoga in, and my sweatpants, my big baggy sweatpants that I'm wearing right now. And I was like running up the hill, running, 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 got to the class, like jumped in, took off my shoes, pulled down my pants, and then realized that I only had a thong on underneath. <laughs> <laughs> and I never put on the shorts. And I just like had this look of like a deer. <laughs> Oh my god like I was so I was like laughing but also mortified just absolutely mortified so I just pulled them right back up just jumped on my mat and just kept going <laughs> that's, that's hilarious <laughs> I'm just glad I had a thong on yeah well, that could have been worse <laughs> that could have been worse <laughs> it was pretty funny I mean, I, I, I look back on that with great joy. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that. That's so hilarious. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, um, we have a little game to play. Just a quick little speed question kind of thing. Um, if you're ready. Okay. So it's gym day. Upper or lower body? Lower. Okay. Um, texting or talking? Talking. Uh, last text you sent? Probably to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? <gasps> talk to animals? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd say that. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, favorite thing in your closet right now? Um... Probably just like jean short shorts because I'm just loving that I can wear them finally after like winter time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um, fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, how long does it take you to get ready? Usually less than five minutes. Nice. Um, favorite. Oh going out for the night and then I can take a good hour yeah, like, yeah. Really going out going out yeah. <laughs> um favorite cheat meal oh man okay yes I was just writing about this I am like so excited for restaurants to start again but, and I want to go and get like a I don't eat meat so it would be a veggie burger but like a big juicy black bean burger with avocado and some sweet potato fries and an IPA Nice. That sounds so good. <laughs> um, your go-to healthy snack? Ooh, um, definitely, I would say almond, butter, and apple. Same. Yum. Eat that Yum. almost every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, last thing you Googled? Last thing I Googled, um, I was Googling a yoga pose because I'm doing an online yoga training and I didn't know what the pose was. Yes. <laughs> Last question. If yes. Voldemort offered you a hug, would you accept? You know what? I would. I would give him a big yogic hug of compassion and hope to turn his dark heart into some joy and love. <laughs> That's so sweet. Okay, that got really sweet. I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, God. Awesome. Best answer you. ever. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for playing oh my gosh well Tonica what's next for you what what do you have going on here? I mean I know we're all kind of trapped yeah totally I mean um I'm like in I'm 
talking to some companies. I'm starting to work with some more companies, which is exciting. So I'm going to be doing some modeling for a few activewear companies, which I'm looking forward to. Um, and besides that, I am kind of working to create some online yoga classes. So once those are available, those will go up on my IG and be up there. So yeah, I mean, basically just kind of, I'm really looking forward to when I can travel again. Um, and looking forward to being able to start planning my yoga retreats again because those all got put on hold because of the craziness but my my next stop is probably I'm going to do another one in Thailand and then I'm going to do a yoga retreat in Mallorca which is a island in the Mediterranean off of Spain oh my gosh (laughs) so someday when we can travel again (laughs) yeah that sounds amazing um, you mentioned your Instagram. Where where else can people find you if they want to follow along? Yeah. Um, so my website is under construction right now, but they can they can go to the Instagram at Donica Yoga, or um, they can always email me. My email is hello at Donica.yoga. And yeah, I'm kind of. I still have more. I have work to do. I have to create. Oh yeah, I started a TikTok. So my TikTok is also <laughs> Donica Yoga. Except for I gave up on it after like a week. I like yeah. week and then I was like, this is so stressful. How do people make like mm-hmm. cute content all the time? I just can't. So I kind of deleted it off my phone, but I'll probably go back to it at some point. <laughs> I really quick, I know we're wrapping up, but I <laughs> I'm a big list person and I was making my to-do list for the day and I like break it down like every little thing that I want to get done that day. I literally had to make a TikTok video on my to-do list and I realized it was out of control. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I was really into it for a while and then I now I'm like back back off it, but I got my husband totally hooked on it. And it's so funny how different our like feeds are just by our interests. He like I think because there's no sports right now. And he, I am impressed with how well he's handling that. But so his TikTok feed is all these like sports things and like incredible trick shots people are doing. And just like, oh my gosh. So his is kind of motivating. <laughs> because like, <laughs> how many ping pong balls can we throw across the room and make into a whatever cup of something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still on the like lookout literally for a social media manager who can like run a TikTok for me. So if you know anybody, let me know. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much. This has been such a like empowering, raw, real conversation. I loved every second of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was awesome. I loved it too. This was really special. You ladies are amazing and just it's so fun to have conversations like this. It like lights my heart up. So I'm super appreciative. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies. And until next time, stay stay bossy. bossy.